You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. So we started a brand new series last week uh, called Thank You Notes. And we, um, we looked at how having a, a attitude and a lifestyle of gratitude can just push us closer to Jesus. So we're going to continue on that series this morning. And we're going to look at something that is a struggle for me in my everyday life. Um, and I just I want to be open and transparent with you guys this morning. And hopefully as we, as we go through this together, then we can see, see some things that God would have us to do um, to move forward. But it's Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend before Thanksgiving. Who who likes Thanksgiving holiday? All right. Who likes it because of the food? All right. Yeah. So um, I, I love eating. So I love eating on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, stuffing and dressing guy. I don't really like that at all. I don't like cranberry sauce at all. So I like ham more than turkey. So Thanksgiving... The food that's traditional really isn't my favorite, but I eat a lot of the other stuff. So I eat a lot of the mac and cheese and the mashed potatoes and uh, some kind of sweet potato souffle or whatever it's called. It's really good and sweet and cinnamony and brown sugarish and marshmallow, and it's great. This is my problem on Thanksgiving, is that even when I get full, I still want to keep eating. Anybody ever do that? Yeah, so even when I'm full and it's like, man, I just don't need to go back. I don't need to keep eating. I, I go back. I'm going to get seconds. I'm going to get thirds. I'm going to get dessert. And it's going to be a miserable, miserable afternoon for me uh, unless I get a really long nap. So that's, that's my Thanksgiving. That's how it goes. Uh, so I'm just not ever really content with the food because I just want more and more and more. And this morning, that's really what I want us to talk about is contentment in our Christian walk. And that's an important topic. So for me, I am uh, some kind of dreamer. I have a dreamer mentality. I'm always looking for the future. I'm always thinking about what God can do, what God's going to do, what I want God to do. And a lot of times, if I focus too much on the future, I lose sight of what God's doing right now. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes I can focus too much on the future that I lose sight of what God is doing right now. In essence, I'm not content with the season that God has me in sometimes. And it's something that I have to be intentional about is this whole idea of contentment. And it's really, really difficult for me because I am always thinking about the future. And it seems very simple to have an attitude of gratitude, to be thankful for what God has already done in your life, right? We can look back and we can say, hey, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for the, the things that I've come through. That seems pretty simple, but it's a lot harder to be thankful for what God hasn't yet done. Because we're looking to the future, wanting God to do something, yet maybe he hasn't done it. 
Or maybe he hasn't done it the way we thought he should do it. And that's when the contentment kicks in. Because it's really, really, really simple, at least for me, to be thankful for what God's done already, but not necessarily be thankful and content for what I don't necessarily have. And I think that that's a place that we must get to as mature Christ followers. That's a place that we should strive to get to as Christians. So we're going to read Philippians chapter 4, and we're just going to read four verses this morning. We're going to start in verse 10. It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. God, I just pray blessings over the reading and the hearing of your word. God, I pray that you speak through your spirit this morning, that lives are changed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at these four verses, we, we see a couple things here. First of all, we see that contentment must be learned, that it's unnatural. We're not just naturally content with something. We always want more. We always want what we don't have. We have a tendency toward envy. We have a tendency toward jealousy. Funny story about jealousy and, and envy is uh, Addison, who is my oldest daughter, was, was talking. They learned about some kind of don't be jealous, don't be envious of your neighbor and impact kids. And she was kind of going through that with uh, Taryn one night. And she was just telling her, you know, we're not supposed to be jealous. We're not supposed to be envious. So Addison's uh, conclusion of that is if, if her parents would just buy her what other people had, she wouldn't have to be jealous and envious. So the idea here is that it's just not natural for us to be content. It's something that we must learn. And Paul tells us that here in verse 11, it says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is what Paul is telling us, is that through his life, that through his ministry, through the imprisonments, through the being in need, through the having plenty, that he had to learn to be content. It's not something that just happens for us. It's something that we have to be intentional about. It's something that we must learn. It's a discipline for Christians to get to a point in our life where we can be content in the season that God has us in. Now, let me be very clear this morning because I, I stand up here a lot of times and I say, hey, we should never get comfortable, right? I say that we should always be taking our next step of faith. So this morning, I'm telling you that you should be content in the season that you're in. So I want you to understand that I'm not telling you this morning that we're not called to continue to move forward. 
We're called to continue to grow spiritually. We're called to continue to take our next steps of faith. We're called to continue to chase Jesus. But in the season of life that we're in, we're also called to be content in Christ. So uh, uh, this is a very popular verse that we ended this with. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is one of the verses that is taking out of, taken out of context more than any other verse in Scripture. Because this verse is used a lot of times as a triumphant verse, saying that, you know what, I can do all things through Christ. I can succeed. I can, I can finish this. I can do this. I can do that. And while that's true, in the context that it's written, that's not the way that Paul wrote this verse. Paul wrote this verse saying, if we go back to verse 12, he says, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And here's the secret, that I can do all things through him. The secret is, even when I'm in need, I can be content because I have a God who is stronger than I am. A God that is stronger than the need that I have. A God that can supply all of my needs. I can do all things through him, even in the time of need. And that's important for us to understand because that leads us to a second point here. So not only should contentment be learned, but contentment magnifies God. What it does is it shows that we're not in control. It shows that we're trusting that God has our best interests for his sake. If we look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, this is, this is hard for us to understand a lot of times. And this is, this is something that I wrestled with all week while I was studying this message. Is that in my weakness... In my inabilities, in the, the seasons of life where it's hard, in the persecutions, in the calamities, man, I'm called to rejoice for God's sake, to magnify the Lord because his strength is seen in my weakness. Man, and that's, that's hard for me because I don't like to be weak. And I don't, I don't know a lot of people that enjoy being weak. And, and I just, I don't like to, to fail at things. I don't like to not be able to accomplish things. I don't like to be inadequate. And here we are, Paul is saying, for the sake of Christ, for his sake, so he could be magnified, then I am content with weaknesses and insults and hardships. And he's content because it magnifies God. In our life, as we, as we 
go through failures, we go through struggles, we go through the hard seasons. Man, we're called instead of to take pity on ourselves or to drown ourselves in that misery. We're called to be content so that God is magnified through that, so that His strength is seen in our weakness. And man, this is, this is hard for us, and it's, it's really difficult in every aspect of life. If you think about your family, and you think about, man, I, I'm just weak in this area, or I'm failing in this area, or I'm just inadequate here, and I'm facing persecution here, and it's just hard. And instead of being content, we want to get better and better and better, and we want to do more. And Paul's saying, hey, be content in that. Be content in that weakness. Be content in that hardship because it causes you to trust in Jesus. It causes you to magnify Christ. It causes other people to see the strength and the beauty and the amazingness of God. But it's not easy to do that. Just like it's not easy for me to not go back for seconds and thirds at Thanksgiving. It's not easy for us to get to a place in our life where we can truly humble ourselves enough to understand that, man, we aren't that awesome. It took me a lot of years to understand that I wasn't awesome. It took actually like six months to understand that. But it took me a lot of years to understand, hey, Dustin isn't awesome. Dustin is weak. Dustin's going to continue to fail. Dustin's going to continue to face hardships. Dustin's going to continue to face persecution as a Christian. And Dustin can't fight that. And I have to be content with that because it magnifies God. Because as he brings us through that season, then we can look back and we can say, hey, you know, I I didn't do any of that. There's no way that I could have made it through that season. There's no way that any of this could have happened without Christ. And then he's magnified and he's made famous to the world because we were content in the season that we were in. Man, contentment must be learned. It magnifies God. And then number three is this. Contentment leads to sincere gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. So here we have Paul, right? Paul, we just went through the book of Ephesians where he was in prison and he wrote this letter and now we're, we're looking at Philippians, which is another, another letter he wrote while he was in prison. So Paul, in prison, still writing letters, still praising God, still saying, I have learned to be content. And we see that Paul reaches out to, to this church and he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly in verse 10 that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity. So this is what Paul was saying. As he was planting churches, 
as he was moving about, as he was doing ministry for Jesus, this one church said, you know what? We want to give to you. We want to support you. We want to help you. And they did. And then they got to a place where they helped so much, it was just so sacrificial that they just couldn't help anymore. And now they're in a place again where they can help. And Paul is saying, hey, man, it's, it's great that you're able to, to start helping again, but not because I'm in need. Like, I don't care about that because I've learned to be content. And I'm happy that you're going to start giving again because of the blessings you're going to receive by giving. And that's sincere gratitude. That they're giving so that Paul won't be in need. And Paul's grateful that they're giving, not because it helps him, but because it helps them. Because they get to receive a blessing because of their giving and their sacrifice. And contentment leads to sincere gratitude. And if we could truly get to a place in our life where we're content, not meaning that we're not moving forward, not meaning that we're not taking steps of faith, that's not what contentment is. Contentment is trusting that God is working all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's believing that God's grace is sufficient for you. It's believing that no matter if you have a lot or no matter if you need, that God is still on the throne and that he still loves you, that he's still working on your behalf for his glory, for his sake, so that he's magnified. Man, as I was studying this message this week, Man, I, I couldn't help but think about just Impact Church. And the, man, it's almost been a year since we've launched, which is amazing. And we're going to have a, a year celebration in January, and it's going to be great. And, and we're going to praise God for all the things that he's done over this year. Man, but as a, as a dreamer type person, I'm always thinking about the future. And I'm always thinking about what God can do at Impact. I'm always thinking about the, the spiritual growth of Impact, the numerical growth of Impact, a building where we don't have to set up and tear down for Impact. And I, and I constantly think about that stuff, and I just pray that God just reveals His will, that He just continues to, to help me as a, as a leader see what He wants done, Man, and there's times that I get in a, in a place where, man, I lose sight of what God's doing right now. I lose sight of what God is doing right now in our, in our family. There's going to be a day where we're not setting up and tearing down anymore. And we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, I kind of miss those Friday nights of coming and hanging out and setting up and tearing down. I kind of miss that community that we got to build by being a mobile church and 
doing all these things together. I kind of miss serving as much as I used to serve because now we have volunteers that I don't really serve as much as I used to. And, and man, we're going to get there one day, but let's not lose sight of where we are right now. Let's be content with the season that we're in because God's got us here for a reason. And God hasn't stopped working. God hasn't stopped changing lives. Now, I got to talk to someone last week who rededicated their life to Jesus after service. And then I can, I can get on Facebook and I can see these really big churches that say, man, we had 27 salvations today. And I can think, man, we, we barely had 27 people at church. And I can fall into that trap. Or I can be content with the season we're in and say, hey, God changed somebody's life last Sunday. That somebody rededicated their life. That somebody said, hey, I'm walking the wrong direction. I need to turn around and start following Jesus again. And that happened here because of God. Man, and it's something that I'm continuously learning is being content. And it's not, it's not for me, it's that it magnifies God. And it, it truly leads to sincere gratitude. It helps us get to a place in our life where we're grateful for not only what God's done, but for what other people are doing. It helps us live a lifestyle of gratitude. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you struggle with contentment or not. Maybe, maybe it's just me. But I do know this. I know that God loves you no matter if you have plenty or if you're in need. I know that God's fighting for you no matter what season of life you're in. I know that God has a plan and a purpose for you no matter what season of life you're in right now. I know that God wants you to continue to take steps of faith, continue to chase after him no matter what season of life you're in right now. Scripture's plain and it tells us to not despise small beginnings. And sometimes in life we just feel like, man, we, we had a small beginning 10 years ago and I feel like it's still small. Like I don't understand. My family's still not where I thought it should be. My kids still aren't listening to me. I just, I don't really know what's going on with this relationship. I, I'm still struggling in this area. How can I be content? And Paul tells us that the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need is that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. which is exactly what John tells us in John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Man, and see, that doesn't sound very triumphant, right? That sounds like, man, we need God, that we can't do anything without him. 
And that's the same exact thing Paul was saying in Philippians 4.13. That apart from him, I can do nothing. That I can't be content without him. Because when I'm going through the struggles of life, when I'm going through the the time of need, or even when I'm going through the, the season of abundance, I can only do through him. We need Jesus. Man, and that changes everything in our life. If we can get to a place in our in our walk where we say, man, I just need him. If we can get to a place in our life where we can just totally surrender. Man, what a life that would be. As we close this morning, I I don't want you to think that that life means that you're not going to face hardships and that you're not going to face insults and that you're not going to face need. I mean, Paul's in prison as he writes these things. What it does mean is that we get to live a life that is content because we're trusting God to do what only God can do. And that's, that's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for all of you is that we get to a place in our, in our walk with Jesus to where he is enough. That we don't just sing about it, that we don't just talk about it, that we live it out, that we truly believe and we truly live the fact that God is enough for us. That his grace is sufficient for us. That no matter what situation we're in, that God is still enough for us. Man, and Thanksgiving is, is Thursday, and, and there's going to be a lot of people eating a lot of food. It could be one of the best Thanksgivings that I've ever had because I'm going to work, and people bring a lot of food to work, so I'm probably going to eat a lot. But let me tell you something. I don't want to be at work on Thanksgiving, right? I'd rather be with my family. But man, I'm learning to be content in the season that I'm in. Because God's still God, whether I'm with my family or I'm at work. God's still moving in the lives of my family and in the lives of people at work. No matter where I am, This is why I think contentment's hard. Because we think way too highly of ourselves. And we got to talk about this yesterday at, at our men's group. We talked about how, man, as leaders, that we must be modest and not arrogant. And I think that arrogance is one of the reasons that we can't live a life of contentment. Because we think we should have more. Because that we think that God should be doing more. We think that we deserve something more. Which means that we're not satisfied with the fact that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. That should be enough for us. 
His grace should be enough for us. It's sufficient for us. But man, we, we think so highly of ourselves that we think we deserve more for some reason. We can't be content in the fact that God is in control Man, and that he's, he's working and he's doing things. But even if we never get to where we think we should get, he still saved us when we were unworthy. Man, and that's humbling. To understand that I'm not that important. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love me and that God doesn't value me. It means that it's not about me, it's about him. And as much as I love you guys, I just want to tell you this morning that it's not about you. It's about him. And my prayer for us is that we get to a place where we can truly live a life of contentment in Christ. And as we're taking those steps of faith, that we understand that God's already done enough for us. And we don't deserve salvation. And again, that's something that we say a lot. It's something that we sing about a lot. But is it something that we live out on a daily basis to understand that we don't deserve it? Do we live in a way that shows humility? And it's challenging. But I want to challenge us this morning. I want to challenge us this morning to live a life that is sold out to Jesus. And when we do that, then we can truly learn how to be content. And in our contentment, God is magnified. And then we begin to live a lifestyle of gratitude. And our gratitude helps us to continue to walk hand in hand with Jesus. So my prayer for you this morning is that you truly choose daily to die to self and to follow after Jesus. Because it's, it's pretty hard to want more and to think you deserve more if you die to yourself every day. Because then it's not about you anymore. It's about Jesus and we're focused on him and what he's done on the cross. So as we close this morning, I'm just going to pray for us. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.